Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Enger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In this episode, we discuss orientation and mobility with a focus on White Cane Safety Day. And our expert is certified orientation and mobility specialist, Kelly Sanchez. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Good morning, Ricky. <laughs> I'm so glad that you could join us today. It's always fun to talk to O&M specialists. And so, you know, why don't you just start out by telling us a little about who you are and um, talk about how you became interested in doing what you do. I have been an O&M, an orientation and mobility specialist for two years. I got my degree and um, certification from Stephen F. Austin University in Nacogdoches, Texas. And I became interested in O&M when my niece was diagnosed with congenital glycoma. I think the fear, just like the overwhelming dark cloud of, well, what if this happens? What if she loses all of her sight becomes real? What are we going to do as her family? And I started doing some research and this crazy idea of using a white cane um, came on to my Google and I looked into it and saw that it was called orientation and mobility. And I thought, well, this is something cool. I had been a teacher for 10 years. I taught eighth grade science. And whenever the sales went up, that's where the wind took me. That's amazing. And I love that you actually have some direct experience with what it's like to have a family member who is going through that adjustment period and finding out about what it might be like to use a white cane. And there's a lot that goes into that. For some people, they're not quite ready for a white cane or the need for a guide dog or, you know, whatever mobility aid it is that they ultimately end up using. Perhaps they're in the beginning stages of vision loss and they just feel like, I don't really want this in my life. This isn't for me. Why do I have to do this? Can you talk a little bit about why there might be that resistance and what are some things that you can do as an O&M specialist to just to help with that adjustment? That is something that I think most O&Ms deal with on a daily basis with each of our new consumers, old consumers. I think a lot of it is just the stigma behind using a white cane. As a person with vision loss, there is nothing that tells you that you have a disability. And even our folks with low vision, because it's very difficult to promote a device that gives a statement. I am blind. And I think people are very afraid of that word blindness because to some, it just means my whole world is gone. And part of O&M and vision rehab teachers, our counselors, our advocates, I think our whole purpose is to ensure that with this disability, we are going to open more doors. And I think education is probably the most important piece of O&M, what the white cane does, what the white cane does not do, what our limitations are, but then how are those limitations? How are we going to change them to be opportunities? I think that's part of it is 
being able to say like, yeah, man, like it stinks, but we will get through it together. Absolutely. I think that's so well put. Just removing some of that stigma and removing some of the fear, because a lot of times it is the fear of the unknown and the fear of being seen as uh, weak or less than. And so having that uh, support is just so important. What about families, though? You know, sometimes, thankfully, if you are experiencing vision loss, you're not alone, and perhaps you do have a support network, uh, but sometimes families have ideas about things that may differ from yours or differ from uh, what's ultimately best for you. Do families have resistance to cane use? You know, what does some of that look like? Absolutely. It's a very interesting dynamic because whenever someone is blind, well, they'll just move in with, with me and I'll take care of them no, we don't need your help. We can do everything ourselves. They don't need that white cane or that stick thing. I'm going to be with them no matter where they go. I will be there. And part of overcoming that is listening, to listen first, because it's not only fear for the person who is blind or low vision, it's also fear for the family. What is the unknown? So listening to them and almost winning their confidence because we see people who lose their sight. I work with adults, so they can be adventitiously blind as young as 22 and as old as 88. But no matter what, the need for life hasn't died. And winning the family members' thoughts of let's don't dampen their joy, let's let's try to make it better is is probably the biggest battle. That makes a lot of sense. And I love what you said about you can still show them that you love them. It's just going to take a different form because there is that feeling of, I want to take care of the person that I love. And sometimes taking care of them means being supportive and giving them the confidence um, to take care of themselves. So I, I think that it's important to to keep those things in mind and just to be aware that you as a family member can still be very supportive of someone who is is going through this and uh, you can you can do that in a way that benefits both of you is there more than one reason we've talked about using a cane to keep from bumping into things uh, using a cane to to remain safe and show cars, for instance, that maybe you can't see them, so they should watch for you. Are there other reasons that a person might carry a cane, even if they feel relatively confident in uh, their remaining vision? With blindness or low vision, I think carrying a cane for different environments, different scenarios, most people don't carry their white cane in their home, but they might carry their white cane in someone else's home. And for people with low vision carrying an identification cane or a a cane that has, that is not an ID cane, but a regular red and white cane for those circumstances, um, I think one of the more important things among other important things of an O&M is knowing 
understanding that we as the O&M are not the person with this disability. We are not the person who has to carry the cane or walk in their shoes. So being mindful that this is your journey. I'm just along for the ride. If you use your cane, great. If you don't use your cane, great. I'm going to be here no matter what. If they're on a Greyhound bus, then carrying their cane as identification so that the bus driver is aware that there is a person with low vision on the bus. The negative side of that is if you're carrying your cane when you get on the bus, but then you carry your cane when you're off the bus, it gives people confusion and then asking questions. And then that becomes a, a whole nother podcast. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And then of course, there are times when carrying it can eliminate some of that confusion. Like if you're looking for a restroom, for example, and you're having a hard time reading the sign, sometimes having that cane will eliminate some of the awkwardness of why are you as a man staring at the woman's restroom? (laughs) Yes, I agree completely. So yes, there are pros and cons to everything. Pro, people know that you can't see things. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We are actually, at the time of this recording, approaching uh, White Cane Safety Day. It's a thing that happens every year on October 15th. And, uh, you know, I think that canes are worth celebrating all the time, but we actually have a day set aside for that. Um, Can you talk a little about kind of the history of White Cane Safety Day? What is it? Uh, What do people do to celebrate that kind of thing? So there was a push by rehab state agencies and also organizations to really promote and, like you said, give awareness to the white cane and its importance. In 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed a declaration saying that October 15th is White Cane Safety Day. And on this day, we are able to get together as blind and low vision white cane users, guide dog users, professionals, advocates, and before that, we do a talk of why it's so important to use a white cane as a person who is blind and low vision and things like getting the right away of crossing streets or making sure that other people who are driving cars or in the stores are aware that this person is walking. They can't see you. So be aware of them. The White Cane Safety Day just kind of refuels, I think, O&Ms to continue to do our work and continue to do it with passion, but also gives a great spotlight to people who use the White Cane to say, you're cool, keep doing that. And I know that, uh, you know, I've participated in uh, these sorts of celebrations in the past, and it's really a lot of fun because people get together, uh, they're displaying their mobility aid of choice if they have one, there is talk about the importance of using that mobility aid, and uh, it's just a really good time and good fellowship. Of course, things have changed quite a bit uh, with COVID, and so how are we doing White Cane Safety Day this year? How have things changed and what are you doing in your area? I know you can't speak to everywhere, but um, I think you're doing something virtual. Yes, we have two actual virtual programs going on. One with the National Federation of the Blind in Alabama and also 
Alabama Institute of the Deaf and Blind are also doing a virtual White Cane Day. I just got two invitations from both of those organizations and the Department of Rehab, my agency, our goal is to gather up as many people as we can to say, log in at this time and follow the instructions. So it's a lot of we're apart, but together. I think that's probably been the mantra of 2020. (laughs) Um, So to log in and be there and still get fueled, but also be safe. Exactly. And I think that really is um, you're you're still capturing the most important part of this day, which is to come together and have that fellowship and be able to talk with and celebrate each other. Kelly, we've had a really great time with this interview, and uh, I hate to wrap it up, but we are approaching the end. And so as we do that, um, do you have any final thoughts of, um, again, we're coming up on on White Cane Safety Day, but just in general, do you have thoughts on what people can think about or reflect on as we approach October 15th every year and we start thinking about mobility aids? What should people just consider for at least this one day a year? Be empowered. Be empowered using your white cane. Be empowered having a guide dog. Be empowered because you are different. Blindness doesn't mean your life is over. Blindness means find a different way. You've, you're at a dead end on this sidewalk, but there is an intersecting sidewalk. Find it with your cane. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for assistance. Oh, man, I could go on, Ricky. I could go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> but I think overall, just be empowered to know that you're not alone and that you have a huge support system behind you to use your white cane without shame. Excellent advice, Kelly. Thank you so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Ricky. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening.